You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. We are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Culver. Susie Hunt. And we have a special guest joining us today. Killer mommy, killer. Oh, no, it's uh, it's me. It's the Strasburg. <laughs> I ain't even going to pretend to lie. That fucking creeped me out. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, what was that? <laughs> but it is appropriate because we are here yet again for another Friday the 13th special. This time, we're all the way up to Jason X, so we're finally going to talk about Jason in space. Uh, this came out in 2001. It's an hour and 32 minutes, directed by James Isaac, who, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I only know him from one movie, which is House 3, the horror show. <laughs> oh, boy. I thought you were going to say <laughs> Jason X. Yes, nope. Exactly. Other, other than this, that's... <laughs> Ooh, yeah. But yeah, he also did Skinwalkers and Pig Hunt, two movies I have not seen. Um... But this, uh, I wanted to mention, this is written by Todd Farmer, who we already covered one of his films uh, with My Bloody Valentine 3D. He was actually the trucker who was uh, messing around with the nude girl in the motel. Oh. <laughs> so, and he, he plays Dallas in this, the guy who gets his uh, his head chopped off in VR. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 if you know uh, My Bloody Valentine 3D and then watch this, it's like, yeah, you can you can see the similarities. But uh, we'll go through the cast real quick. There is a lot of them because this is a Friday the 13th movie, but I only wrote down the main players here. Uh, we have Jason, played by Kane Hodder, who we don't really need to go through his credits. We've covered him multiple times on this show. Uh, we have Rowan, played by Lexa Doig, which I'm sorry, but her last name sounds like someone getting hit in the head with a hard object. Doig. Uh, <laughs> like, Doig. <laughs> I feel like it's like an Acme sound effect. Yeah. Remember in the 90s, you'd be like, no doy. Exactly. (laughs) No doy. But uh, she was in the Flash Gordon TV show, Andromeda, Stargate SG-1, and Chucky, the TV show. A lot of the actors in this are television actors. Um, We have uh, Professor Lowe, played by Jonathan Potts. He was in The Twilight Zone, Reaper, The Devil, The Strain, and Supernatural. Uh, KM was played by Lisa Ryder. She's in Forever Night, Andromeda, The Strain, and most recently, From, which I gotta check out. I've been hearing nothing but good things about that show. Uh, then we have Ceneron, played by Chuck Campbell. He's in Are You Afraid of the Dark, In the Mouth of Madness, Superstar, and Urban Legends Final Cut. Uh, we have Janessa, played by Melissa Aid. She was in Maniac Mansion, Mutant X, and Evidence of Blood. Uh, Sergeant Brodsky, played by Peter Mensa. He, he's actually in a lot of stuff. He was in Bruiser, Blessed a Child, Witchblade, uh, both 300 movies, mm-hmm. Dead Space, True Blood, Suke, uh, Avatar, and <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. I can't say True Blood without going Suke. I know. <laughs> then we have Crutch, played by Philip Williams. He was in War of the Worlds, The Twilight Zone, X-Men the Animated Series, Trilogy of Terror 2, which I still want a copy of. I cannot find it anywhere. Uh, Goodwill Hunting, Max Payne, and The Strain. Then we have Kinsa, played by Melody Johnson, who I, f- I fucking hate this character so much. Uh, but... Is that the one that goes off in the pod by herself? Yep. Oh, like, oh fucking sure. low that no. should have been swallowed. Oh, she's oh, so awful. <laughs> <laughs> but she was a Generation X, Goosebumps, uh, Hemlock Grove, and Titans. 
And we have Waylander, played by Derwin Jordan. He was in uh, Nightman, Bones, Sons of Anarchy, Community, and Scandal. And then we have also starring David Cronenberg. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Had to mention him, because even though he's only in it for like all of 10 seconds. But uh, for anyone that has not seen this movie, uh, the basic plot is that Jason Voorhees is cryogenically frozen at the beginning of the 21st century, in 2010 to be uh, exact, uh, and he is discovered in the 25th century and taken into space, where he gets thawed out and begins stalking and killing the crew of the spaceship Grendel. (laughs) Did you notice that Earth dies in 2024? Oh shit! We're less we're less than six months away. I no, mean, Earth, no, Earth didn't die in twenty twenty four. That's when hockey was banned. Oh yeah. You're oh, right. that's right. That's okay. right. Yeah. No, Earth died. When when did? Because they, they did mention. Maybe they didn't mention when it died. I don't think they did. No, I had twenty twenty four in my head, but Maurice is yeah, right. That, that's when hockey, that's when banned. hockey gets banned. He said that's when they outlawed hockey. That's <laughs> so freaking dumb. <laughs> Well, it's too violent. <laughs> yeah, people, we love violence these days. <laughs> exactly. In the future, they're much more respectable. Um, but yeah, let's go around the table here and see what everyone thinks. Josh, as you are our guest, it is customary we start with you. What are your thoughts on this wacky Jason sequel? You mean Jason in Space Manhattan? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Don. Exactly. I saw your joke, Don. <laughs> Space Manhattan, yeah. I okay. I I my, I think my, the entirety of my review of Jason X could be boiled down to the fact that I saw it twice on opening day in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. I saw it once. Thought it was great. And you know how I have a te- terrible temporal memory, so I don't remember who I saw it first with. But I remember it was in my memory. I saw it with like friends, like you guys, and then. My brother wanted to see it, and I was like, fuck it, we'll just go again, <laughs> you know? Or maybe it was the other way around. I don't I, remember. I'm... I think it was the other way around because I vaguely remember you coming – like, it was a couple couple of us going to see it. I think it was me, Greg, Jess. I forget who else came, but I remember talking to you about it. You are like, yeah, I want to I go, and you're like, so you came with us. And then, like, once we were at the theater, you were like, I already saw it once today. <laughs> I remember yeah. that very vividly. <laughs> yeah, I remember I did see it with my brother because it was like, ah, fuck it, why not? And uh, yeah. the only other, only other movie I ever did that with – uh, where I just went back opening day unplanned was uh, the uh, Romeo and Juliet, the Baz Luhrmann version with, uh, uh, you know, with uh, Kate Leo. Winslet. Yeah. <laughs> Claire I was going to say Kate Winslet. It's yeah. Kate Claire Danes. Yeah. 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 I went and saw that too with a group of friends. And then as soon as I got back home, another one of my friends called me and was like, hey, we, we, like, let's go see that movie. It came out today. And I forgot I had promised I was going to go see it with her. So I was like, well, shit, fuck it. I'll pick you up in 10 minutes. And I like jumped back in my car and like, sped off (laughs) um but yeah no i I love i love jason next i think it's awesome i i think everything that you could criticize the movie for in terms of it being like a cheesy sci-fi you know lame-ass sequel people complained about they didn't have anything else to do so they took him to space because they didn't have any better ideas but to me those are all the things that make the movie awesome (laughs) you know it's like (laughs) totally agree I love the fact that when you get to the 10th movie of a series like this, you should 
probably do something just wild and horror franchises going to space or the hood or back in time, you know, <laughs> Leprechaun. It's, <laughs> it's like a tried and true tradition. So when, as soon as I heard that Jason was going to space, I was like, fuck yeah. I love the fact that they called it Jason X. Cause yeah, it has the Roman numeral pun. haha. But you know, it was the early two thousands. Everything was extreme still. And <laughs> I just thought they were leaning so hard into how much fun Friday the 13th movies had become because they had started off as like sort of a serious horror movie franchise and it had gotten more and more fun and gratuitous and exploitative. And they were just like, fuck it, man, let's just go hog wild and just lean into it. And that's exactly what they did. There's like gratuitous tits and robots and, you know, <laughs> stupid special effects. It looks like a Canadian television show, like the, really Star does. the Stargate TV show is what it looks yep. like. You know? <laughs> and the guy that's in love with the robot he was actually on stargate atlantis <laughs> see there you go i never watched any of those shows my brother was really into them and every time i would like walk in the room and he'd watching it and he was watching it i couldn't get into it because they just looked so bad like the cinematography and the special effects everything looks so cheap <laughs> yep. but then i watched this movie and i'm like i get it now it's so perfect how terrible it looks um, yeah my, my honestly, my only real criticism is I'm I'm not a fan of the pig mask. I, I, I that's the one thing that to me is like ah, oh, they could have done something better with the mask design, but it's a quibble. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of feel the same about the mask. Although I gotta admit, over the years, the whole look has grown on me. I I had a lot of complaints about Uber Jason when I first saw him. Like, why does his clothes look like it's grafted into his skin? Like, yeah. why why are only certain parts of him like metal but there's still like sinew between them even though they were blown off like what the hell happened there there's there's a lot of criticisms there but after a while it just kind of grew on me and i'm like you know what fuck it i don't care cyborg jason rocks <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel the same way about jason goes to hell where mm -hmm. i used to not like that movie and it grew on me where to the to the point where I'm able to just accept how corny and stupid it is and just go along for the ride. And this one, I was always going along for the ride, but I've gotten more, you know, uh, I've gotten to like the parts that it used to bug me. And now I'm just like Jason X all day long. I love putting this yep. movie on in the background and just uh, happening, you know, happen to wander into the room while I'm putting the laundry away. And there's an awesome death scene. And this one has uh, a, a good amount, I think. <sighs> oh, yeah, it does. The, this has some of my favorite deaths. Uh, there's li literally one of them is my favorite death in the entire franchise. Um, and then another one is definitely high up on that list. Um, but yeah, like I I'm the same way with, with Friday the 13th part nine or with, with uh, Jason goes to hell. Like I hated it when it first came out. I hated it for years and it wasn't until like I was in my twenties and just kind of threw it on again and watched it. And I was like, okay, I kind of get it now. I kind of get what they were trying to do. They were like, fuck it. We've done everything with this franchise. Let's let's do a complete rewrite of the lore. Let's connect it with other franchises. And it's like once I kind of stopped, you know, holding Friday the 13th so dear and just was like, yeah, fuck it. Let them let them play around. I started to really like Jason Goes to Hell. And now Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X, I like quite a lot out of the franchise because they're so different. Um but yeah, so uh, Susie, we'll, we'll toss it over to you. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, thank you, Mike. I'm glad you asked. Much <laughs> like Josh, I I really, Josh said a lot of what I have to say, but more eloquently. <laughs> um, I, I appreciate 
the movie for what it is. It really is like a bad like Canadian TV show, but it fits. Mm-hmm. I like Cyborg Jason. I always have. And you had mentioned, Mike, that like, how is there like the sinew and everything, but then parts are grafted? We don't, this is supposed to be futuristic. So we don't, I always took it as we don't know what the future is going to hold for science. Mm-hmm. So that never really bothered me. I really, I really like this movie. Like, I think it's, it's funny. It's campy. Um, what's that guy? How is he? Oh, he's screwed. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's, and I, I know I mentioned to you and Maurice that I had recently started rewatching because it's that time of year again. We mm-hmm. watched the entire franchise and I saved Jason X for yesterday because I've seen it so many times that I can work and still pay attention to it and pick up on everything. Mm-hmm. I still really like it. The CGI doesn't really <laughs> hold up, but no. <laughs> I've seen Stargate Atlantis. So now I see like where that's coming from. Cause like they have these little like, nanobots in that series that like regenerate things and make things and like that's really like the technology that they use to like reanimate Rowan and reanimate Jason and like renew his limbs and everything but the the CGI definitely didn't stand the test of time but overall I really like the movie alrighty well Maurice what what about you let's toss it over to you <clears throat> Well, one thing I want to say before I get talk about the movie. The soundtrack? Uh, no. <laughs> speaking, speaking of science, um, we're all talking, so none of us blew up today during the alarm, right? No. Yeah, okay, we so. All, we all survived. <laughs> and none so, of us so the, are zombies? Apparently, so, we were going to turn into zombies. And, and uh, yeah. So, anyone that had the vaccine to, and the alarm went off today, the emergency broadcast. We're going to turn into zombies and die. I'm glad to see you guys are all doing well. Well, well, now, hold on. If horror movies have taught me anything, it happens when you least expect it. So That's it correct. might still pop up in the middle of the night. You don't know. We might just all uh, turn. Brains. <laughs> I, I, I don't, but like you said, it's going to happen when you least expect it, not when they're putting an alert out. Right. Can you imagine, though, an entire office of people with their personal cell phones and everyone has a work cell phone mm-hmm. all going oh. off simultaneously. Yeah I, yeah. I was at work today when it happened. So all the lap or all the tablets were going off all of the people, all of our phones. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, was, so, it was fun. Wait, Two didn't phones he, for every person. Didn't Stephen King write a story about this called the cell? <laughs> <laughs> I think he did. Dun, dun, dun. But anyway, okay, uh, on to on to other things. I I really like this movie. It's cheesy and like Susie said, it's campy, but it, it's fun. It's to me, it's a massive upgrade over eight and nine. You know, you guys know how I feel about. Yep. Jason <laughs> yep. takes Manhattan and Jason goes to hell. So to me, my opinion, anyways, this is an upgrade. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoy this movie. Uh, you know, I think all of our favorite scene is probably towards the end when mm-hmm. the uh, <laughs> the, simul- the simulation, the simulation yep. with the two oh, girls. Yeah. I, I think that's everyone's favorite scene. It's so good. It is yeah. so good. <laughs> and it almost wasn't in the movie. 
Ugh. Like they <sighs> apparently both the director and the the casting director didn't want to do it because they said it was it was nothing but gratuitous nudity, and the casting director did not want to like put out a casting call for nude girls. So eventually like, you know, the writers and the writer and producers got their way and they were able to find actresses that wanted to do it, that were excited to do it. And the mm -hmm. director was like, all right, fine, whatever. And it was such a fucking good scene. Like it's so good. Do you oh, want yeah. to smoke pot, have premarital sex? We <laughs> love <laughs> premarital sex. <laughs> so good. The greatest lines in the whole franchise. <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, but I'm but, sorry, Boris, what you were saying. I, I, if I have a complaint, mm -hmm. I mean, it's not perfect, but my biggest complaint is, what year is this, 2475? Uh, 2455, I believe. 55? Mm -hmm. People get dumber? <laughs> <laughs> well. Have you well, seen, what's that movie? Idiocracy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. But, exactly. but uh, I mean, Maurice, uh, hold on. Think about think about the last three years. Now we mm -hmm. have more technology than we've ever had, and people are freaking morons. That, that's true. Exactly. That's true. So I guess it is possible. But when this, <laughs> but when this movie came out, you didn't know. <laughs> that's true. We didn't really have the technology, but yeah, uh, these people are just. Morons. <laughs> yeah, really, complete they, they morons. Really <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I don't know. Like, the, the the two making out in front of his body. Like, <laughs> nobody, <laughs> no, nobody does that. No, like, she, no necrophiliacs might. <laughs> but but she got no, excited because I mean, she thought he was hung like a mammoth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially those two with, deserve everything they got. Especially yeah. with with the uh, I don't know what she was or who she was. Uh, she wasn't the the teacher, maybe the instructor. Oh, uh, Adrian. She was. Oh, uh, the yeah. lab lady. Yeah, was I she think the she... like TA or something. Like, no, I, I think know the she professor. was. She was just like a senior student because she was still talking mm -hmm. about her thesis and stuff. So I, I think she was just like one of the the seniors, like the higher up students on the yep. th the same trip. Oh, okay, I don't know, but. Yeah, the the doofus with the long hair. I don't even know some of these people, some of the names. Azriel. Azriel. Yeah, the names are really stupid. There's like Sunarone and Azriel and like what Wayfinder or some shit like that. Waylander. There's there's Waylander, Kinsa, Janessa, Ceneron. Um, let me see here. We have Stony. Um, then there's you know when once you get to the Marines, you have like. Briggs, Gecko, uh, <laughs> Kicker. There's like all these stupid names, but there is a, a logical reason why. Uh, apparently, Todd Farmer was a huge EverQuest player back in the day, um, mm. and he named all of the characters after his guildmates. And oh, having played World of Warcraft for years, yes, you have some weird character names because uh, some of the people in my guild were like OMG Pew Pew, Jeff Damage. <laughs> Stuff like that. So yeah, when you're naming people after your guildmates uh, in a video game, it's gonna sound weird. That's true. <laughs> okay, it makes sense now. But anyways, right. uh, it, it like like I said, it's fun. It's you know, it's funny. Uh, it's not really scary. And who doesn't love Uber Jason? Right. Right. I'm still waiting for NECA to make that toy. They haven't made it I'm yet. Sure. Nope. 
No. They have they haven't made uh, Jason uh, takes Manhattan Jason. They haven't take made uh, uh, Goes to Hell or Jason X. So I'm I'm waiting for those, and I'm hoping they do a actual uh, Ultimates release of Kid Jason because they only mm-hmm. did a retro styled one. But uh, other than that, I have all the other Jasons. <laughs> <laughs> they, but, they even made the uh, the Nintendo Jason, didn't they? They made the the pink, yep. purple, and teal yep. one. Yeah, yep. I awesome. have that. I have that one. And when you open the flap, it plays the the music. Oh, uh, nice! <laughs> that's awesome. And they also made the Demon Jason or Nightmare Jason from Part Five when uh, Feldman has his little nightmare in the mm. beginning of the movie, uh, along cool. with Roy. So I have both Roy and Nightmare Jason. But I digress. Maury, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm good. Well, you know, I have to I have to agree with all you guys. Like this is one of my favorites of the entire franchise. It is definitely probably I would say it's definitely my most watched. This is one I throw on more frequently than the others because like you were saying, Josh, it is such perfect background uh Jason. Like part part six I put on a lot, but I find myself paying more attention to part six just because there's so many funny lines. But with this one, it's just pop it on in the background, draw, do some chores, whatever, and I'm always going to look up and enjoy what I'm seeing. So my only complaint about the entire movie is the fucking wardrobe. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't stand it. It's so bad. Like, <laughs> what the fuck was up? With That's Wayland? what they wear in Canada in 400 years from now. But like, what was up with mm-hmm. Waylanders, uh, like shirt, uh, sleeveless sweater, like knit sweater. And then he was wearing like a knit vest over top of the knit sweater. <laughs> And they then, had like, to rebuild Mike. But then, like, <laughs> Janessa had just, like, no middle to her shirt. <laughs> there was just, like, from, from neck down, no middle. You've played Fallout 4. You have to rebuild. Right. You gotta then, work with what you got. Fallout 4, they're dressed much more appropriately than Jason X. <laughs> well, maybe Jason X is more realistic. Mm, I doubt that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I am I am not a fan of the wardrobe. That's my only complaint. But other than that, I fucking love this film. But so let's let's get right into this. So uh, we are going to go through it a little more beat by beat than our, our current episodes, uh, more akin to what we did with Maurice's birthday pick for Halloween Four since we've already done nine other films <laughs> in this in this series. So but we open up with what looks like hell. So we have to assume that this opening technically takes place before Freddy versus Jason. Because yep. it's like, okay, we know that he comes back to life in 2003, and this takes place in 2010. So it kind of jumps around. But uh, we we see Jason's one good eye and a, doc- <laughs> a doctor extracting his blood. We then see Jason fitted with chains and shackles. This is the Crystal Lake Research Facility. We see Jason bound and drugged, awaiting cryogenic suspension. There's one lone guard watching him. Because, yeah, you know, if you have, like, the world's most notorious notorious serial killer, just put one uncomfortable guy there watching him. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have a question. I have a sure. question right off the bat. What's up? How do they extract him from hell? Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that I, – I don't think he went straight from hell to here. I think it was, like, they were sh- trying to show, like, oh, yeah, he came back to life because he was in hell because the previous movie he went to hell. Mm-hmm. And Jason versus Freddy doesn't exist yet, but we know that Jason versus Freddy takes place between Jason goes to hell and this because we see Freddy get Jason to be resurrected because, you know, he Mm. pretends to be his mom and all that. So I think Mm -hmm. what they were what they were doing because they hadn't done Jason versus Freddy yet. 
they were like, uh, yeah, well, he was in hell, so he came back, and, and now he's trapped, and the research guys got it. <laughs> it's like, because remember, they do talk about how they had they they finally captured him and attempted to uh, execute him several times. So I think there was there was a little bit of time spent between when he came back to life and and now. But gotcha. this this one lone guard, it's like as soon as you see him, you're like, oh, you 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 dead, you going to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guard gets spooked and throws a blanket over Jason. I love it. Why don't you stare at this for a little while, you ugly bastard? It's like, ah, oh, <laughs> dude, you're you're dead. You're so dead. So in comes Cronenberg to take away Jason. So <laughs> basically him and his cronies want to <laughs> Cronenberg's cronies. Um, <laughs> that wasn't planned. <laughs> <laughs> basically they want to study Jason because of his regenerative, regenerative abilities. So they're transferring him to another facility in spite of the risk of death. If he escapes. So Cronenberg and his little cadre of soldiers go to get Jason and instead, instead find the dead guard chained up in his place. How did Jason do that? That was some fucking like David Blaine style magic right there. You know, well, <laughs> we, we, it's been well established that Jason is magic. I mean, he, he can teleport through the woods, you know, heal from anything, you know, <laughs> uh, Jason <laughs> does whatever Jason needs to do to kill motherfuckers in movies. That's that's his magic power. <laughs> and, and that's what we see right here where he beats the fuck out of and murders all of these soldiers. <laughs> So it's like, I, I love the one guy he takes out with the chain. Like, he just oh, whips yeah. the chain around, like, takes the dude's head off. <laughs> and then, of course, Cronenberg goes to run and gets impaled with a spike. Now, Rowan, which is the stupid fucking name, but uh, the head of the Crystal Lake Research Facility, sees Jason and takes off running toward the cryo chambers. Jason <laughs> follows her down there. Uh, she traps. Uh, she ends up trapping Jason in cryostasis by shooting him multiple times with a shotgun and kicking a like a weird table into him, which knocks him back into the cryo chamber. So there's she, a lot of like martial arts stuff in this movie. Uh, yeah. yeah, like that, just in general. Like later on, it kind of makes sense with like you know the the robot that's programmed to fight or whatever. But just in general, there seems to be a whole lot of like people trying to be like you know Buster Rhymes and like Halloween <laughs> Resurrection, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it was the era. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Trick or treat, motherfucker. Oh, I love that. But, but I love it. She, she she traps him in there and then locks it down and, and gets right up in front of him. Like, that's the stupidest thing you could have done because he stabs his machete through the cryo chamber and into her gut, causing a breach. So the entire facility goes on lockdown, freezing both her and Jason in cryostasis. It's a great fucking opening, and there's a lot of murder, like, right off the bat. Like, literally, in five minutes, you get, like, ten deaths. It's great. But, uh, so we cut to a group of people coming into the cryo facility sometime later. The entire place is covered in cobwebs. They open up the cryo chamber to find Jason. I love it. They're like, humanoid, organic compound, unclear. <laughs> the one guy goes, good. I was saying, right from the very first thing that they say in, like, future talk, you're just like, oh, God, like, this is how we're going to do this? Like, this, who wrote this script? You know, like, <laughs> it's, Dude. it's the cheesiest, like, you know, fake uh, pseudo-scientific future, you know, nonsense. Like, right from the get-go. It's so dumb. There but I'm not complaining. So, <laughs> I just I So many it. bad just... lines of dialogue. <laughs> Yeah, it's so stupid, but like, yeah. So like, if if you're not the type of type of person who can just like turn off your brain and enjoy this, like, this would be the first of many many groans. <laughs> oh yeah, followed very quickly by this, where where uh, Lowe, <laughs> Professor Lowe goes, 
can anyone tell me what's on his face? And Janessa goes, uh, some kind of 20th century carbon filtration unit? It's a hockey mask. <laughs> Very good, Ceneron. <laughs> and then I, I love it because Janessa goes, what's a hockey mask? Facial armor used in a sport outlawed in 2024. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So we see the, the students are kind of poking around the facility. And I love it because the, the professor is like, Azrael, don't touch anything as he sticks his hand to a mug and gets it stuck to him. Um, and then he's you know, a he, fucking he's a stoner. Oh, yeah. But he's he's a fucking moron throughout this entire movie. Well, throughout his part of the movie. Um, <laughs> but he bashes the, uh, the the mug on the chamber with Jason in it, which causes Jason to break loose and fall forward in it, in his frozen state and chop off Azrael's arm. <laughs> but now they can grow it back. Well, they, they 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 got their little nanotech, but what I want more than the nanotech is did you see that that like ziploc keep your wound fresh? Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, was awesome. fucking cool. She put like a she gave him like some kind of drug that calmed him down and then put a little piece of plastic on his stump and it was just like it ziplocked to it. I'm like, that's fucking cool. Okay, so this might not be the right place to make this comment, but it just occurred to me and I can't help myself. So you know feel for it. Maurice was saying, you were saying, Reese, that, like, everyone is so fucking stupid in the future and so stupid in this movie. And, like, their clothes are stupid and their names are stupid. And they have this terrible dialogue where, I mean, why wouldn't they know what hockey was? Like, I know shit about cultures from hundreds of years ago. Like, don't you learn that shit in, like, history class? These kids are in, in, like, high school or college. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Right. And and so (laughs) it just occurred to me, it just occurred to me that... These are like future kids who have been wired into, you know, whatever their version of TikTok is, stuck to their screens their whole <laughs> fucking lives. They don't know anything because their whole lives are easy. They got like Ziploc bandages, nanomites. Everything they do is so simple and easy that they're too fucking stupid to like be curious or care. So this like outing on the spaceship is like forced go outside and touch grass. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are not wrong because <laughs> half of these students are fucking morons you know what and it you, is it's because there's no hockey yeah <laughs> no that's the, that's the thing they, they they grew up in a time where you didn't have to worry about getting punched in the face yeah hey, hockey, <laughs> hockey is more than just punching in the face i know they oh, don't I, even allow it anymore <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Oh man! But so, the, so the group decides, or the group finds Rowan also in the in the chamber, and they scan her, and they realize that not only is she still alive, but they could possibly heal up her wounds with the nanobots and bring her back. But they realize that due to the cryo uh, chamber being opened, her uh, her position is basically compromised; that she's going to be dying if they don't get her help soon. So they call back to the ship. They get Jason and Rowan out of there. They get on their little shuttle and fly up into orbit, uh, going toward Grendel, which is the big ship that they're uh, they're on. But nanobots I, and Decepticons. <laughs> I do love the pilot uh, Lou. Who yeah, is, he's uh, great. I forget the actor's name, but we saw him in American Psycho Two. He was the the goofy deputy. Um, he's also the butcher in Land of the Dead. Um, but I love it cause he's, he's asking about the, you know, the, the viable subjects they found. And, um, he finds out one of them's a woman. He's like, Oh, a woman. Is she cute? 
And the other guy goes, yeah, yeah, she's pretty cute. And he's like, and she's single. And he gets all excited. Then he goes, ah, I'm so lonely. <laughs> Uh-oh, we lost Maurice. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. Dang it. Well, you know, we're going to keep running. I'm going to text him real quick. Yeah, I, I just looked him up. That's uh, Boyd Banks. Yeah, he's in yes. uh, yeah, Dawn of the Dead and I guess Land of the Dead, too. I didn't realize he yep. was in both of those. Yeah, he's the, the butcher in Land, and he's uh, one of the people that they bring in in Dawn of the Dead when they uh, they get that truck that was, like, mm-hmm. cir- circling in the parking lot. He, oh, yeah, that's he, right. He's the one when the, uh, the big lady dies. They're like, does anyone know her name? And everyone kind of shakes their head no, and he goes, damn, died without a name. That's cold. <laughs> In death, she has a name. Her name is Robert Paulson. Paulson. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get Maurice back in here. Uh, there we go. Okay, so we had some technical difficulties. Thank you, Skype, for being the dick that you always are. And let's get right back into the episode. So <laughs> <laughs> we have. Uh, yeah, we have the like I said, the the pilots like, oh, I'm so lonely, and then we cut to the crew, the crew getting off of the shuttle and onto Grendel, um, and there's this really funny moment where we see Asriel walking in a daze with his his stump, and he's like, carrying oh, no, his I... arm. Well, no, no, he goes, oh, I forgot my arm, and Janessa goes, yeah, you did, and she hands him his severed <laughs> arm, and he goes, hi, hand. <laughs> like, that part did crack me up. So the group get to work trying to uh, resurrect, you know, or I'm sorry, not resurrect, but trying to heal up Rowan and bring her back to the world of living and reattach Azrael's arm using nanobots. Um, once we get, you know, the group working on, on Rowan, we have another group working on studying Jason. And we have this moment where uh, they're scanning his, his head and we get the comment of how does he function with a brain that small? Um, that I love it because uh, was it the one comments on the guy Stony? They're like, yeah, it works fine for him. <laughs> <laughs> like, Wah-ha. so Adrian Kinsa and Stony are working on Jason, but Kinsa and Stony are so horny that they just can't keep their hands off of each other. So Adrian sends them off to go fuck, so they won't be distracted, <laughs> or they won't distract her, <laughs> right? Or they won't fuck up the specimen because she was right. talking about his mammoth dick. I know, right? <laughs> It's like, get the fuck out of here. I'm going to pull his pants down. Jeez, go away. Go fuck or something. I got business to do. <laughs> exactly. So the group used the nanobots to heal up and, rake, uh, heal up and wake up Rowan. Uh, Rowan wakes and understandably is confused and scared. They explain to her that she never made it out of the cryo chamber and was frozen. The year is now 2455 and everything is just fine. Don't worry about a damn thing. Um, you know, don't worry about the fact that we brought Jason with us, but yeah. at least it's not like Wally. True, true. Nobody is, is in hover chairs with no, you know, with little flipper limbs. Um, <laughs> that's way more realistic. So <laughs> that, that actually <laughs> <really> is. is. <laughs> so we see Professor Lowe go off to his private quarters and calls Director Perez uh, of the Solaris Research Facility. That I'm going to just go on record and say Solaris is Space Manhattan. Space Manhattan, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just like in Jason Takes Manhattan, like he never really gets there. He's just briefly there, kills some people, and like takes off. Like that's that's about it, right? <laughs> Pretty he much. Spends, he spends most of the movie on a fucking boat, you know, <laughs> trying to get there. <laughs> yeah. And the guy is basically he re- kind of reminds me of the uncle from 
Christmas vacation, they want you to say the blessing. Oh, uh, William Hickey. Yes. <laughs> we just talked about him in Tales from the Dark Side. But uh, no, th- this scene always cracks me up because when you see the, the video call start, it looks like director Perez is in a drawer. Because, like, it slides open, and he's just, like, sleeping in this little drawer. Like, ah, what do you want? You woke me up in my drawer. Like, it just, <laughs> it cracks well, me up. wouldn't you say that? I, I don't want to sleep in a drawer. <laughs> but, so, Lowe tells him all about, you know, what they found, and Perez is not impressed at all. He comments on how many people have gone through cryostasis and are woken up, walking around, looking fine. And Lowe points out that, this she's the oldest one well he says <laughs> she's by she's 455 years old she's nearly twice as old as anyone on the planet and this is a line of dialogue that pisses me the fuck off because perez says 250 450 what's the difference the difference is 200 years it's a dumb fucking line and i hate it <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> but i guess uh, i don't know girl's a girl i guess i don't know <laughs> <laughs> But Perez finds out about Jason. He's like, the other specimen says uh, says Voorhees. That's not Jason Voorhees, is it? And, you know, Lowe's like, I don't know, who's that? And Perez fills him in, you know, talk about how he's an infamous killer who murdered over uh, or nearly 200 people and then disappeared without a trace. To the right buyer, he could be worth a fortune. So now, of course, it's about money and Lowe is planning to sell Jason to the highest bidder. Uh, enter Janessa with a bottle of wine and some tongs, and she tells Lo that she wants to talk about her midterm grade. Oh my God, this <laughs> whole thing. I'm going to skip ahead for a minute so that we <clears throat> don't have to go back to it. But when we come back, he's dressed in like lingerie, and she's a twisting his. Oh my God, this part is so fucking gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? Daddy wants it harder. Harder? Oh my God! No, no! <laughs> and then he's just like he goes, "You pass," <laughs> like, because Jesus. he comes all over her, pa- all over her panties. <laughs> yeah, which are vinyl. Yeah, which are vinyl. So she just has to like wipe them, walk away. Yeah, easy cleanup. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we get, uh, so we cut away from that uh, back to the lab where we see Adrian cut off Jason's mask. So we get to see his face. Poor baby. No wonder you wore the mask. But he looks like Jason from part four, only gooier. Yeah. Like he has the, the, um, that particular look. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. But uh, we also get the scene in here in the mix where uh, KM wants nipples. (laughs) Well, I think you're perfect just the way you are. But I love it because she's standing there with her tits out and, and Cedarod's looking like, like, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's got, he looked like Mr. Horse from Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. And, um, and then and she's she, like, well, Janessa has, has them. Well, because they fall off. They're magnetic nipples and they fall yeah. off. And he goes, oh, why do you even want these things? And she goes, Janessa has nipples. <laughs> like, I want them too. <laughs> but then we cut to Stoney and Kinsa getting it on. As they start to fuck around, we see Jason twitch. The more they get down, the more he moves. Once Kinsa moans, Jason wakes up. So he literally wakes up because someone was fucking. He's like, uh-uh, that ain't gonna happen. The power of the fucking. <laughs> so I love it because Adrian turns around and he's gone. And she turns back the other way and he's standing right next to her, just grabs her by the back of the head and dunks her head into liquid nitrogen. This and is my favorite kill. 
My favorite and, kill in this movie. Yeah, he, he dunks her head in the liquid nitrogen and then he smashes her face on the counter. It's fan fucking tastic. It's it's not my favorite kill, but it's definitely up there. Now, what what did she do? Well, she was there. She was like a research assistant. Yeah, but I mean, you know, she, she, she wasn't she wasn't doing drugs. She wasn't fucking anyone. Yeah, she but doing... she, she took his mask off. But keep mm. in mind, she, she's like the other counselors, like because we always have the a couple good counselors that haven't done anything who just get caught in the crossfire. So she's she's part of the group, and the group was fucking, so she's guilty too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he heard the moaning and thought it was her. Maybe. I do like the fact that he grabs himself a surgical machete because they have those in the future. And <laughs> he goes hunting. So we, we cut to uh, Lo explaining to Rowan that they're on their way to Earth 2 because Earth 1 is dead. Rowan explains to Lo what oh. happened in her time. She says they tried to execute Jason Voorhees for the first time in 2008. They tried everything. Electrocution, gas, firing squad. They even tried to hang him. Nothing worked. So they decided since he couldn't be killed, he was to be frozen in cryostasis and kept locked away. But the powers that be decided he was worth too much money to file away. In the end, it always comes down to money. And then Lowe looks all guilty because he knows what he's going to do. So we cut to, uh, I love this. There's a scene where Janessa is hitting on Ceneron. She's like, you know, you want me. And he's like, I could never be with a girl whose balls are bigger than mine. <laughs> That is a great line. So Lowe introduces Rowan to the two of them and some of the other crew. Uh, This is where, I I love this. She seems so fucking unimpressed. She's on a spaceship. There are literally aliens and specimen jars. And she's talking to a fucking android. And she's like, wow, this looks so real. It's so cool. It's like, dude, I'd be freaking the fuck out. I'm like, I'm in space talking to a robot. Are those aliens? What the fuck? Like, no, I'd be like, losing my shit. I'm on shit. a Canadian sci-fi show. <laughs> <laughs> That's more accurate. <laughs> but she finds out here that Jason was also brought aboard. And Lo assures her that he's very much dead. She's like, well, could your scans be wrong? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. She, he's very dead. She's like, uh, you should get him off the ship. He's too much of a danger. Lo tells her that there's nothing to worry about. And she goes, well, at least show me. So they cut to the next lab where we see them bagging up Adrian's dead body and looking nervous. <laughs> so we cut to uh, Sergeant Brodsky alerting the other soldiers, telling them there's a hostile on board and they need to find it and eliminate it. So the soldiers gear up, including getting the BFG, the big fucking gun from Doom, um, which yep. cracked me up. And then we uh, we cut over to Stoney and Kinsa, who hear the announcement, and Stoney goes to leave and catches a machete in the stomach, spraying Kinsa with blood before getting dragged away by Jason. Bye-bye, Stoney. So Kinsa runs to the others and tells them that Stoney is dead. Now we cut to Dallas walking around... Uh, well, uh, Dallas, one of the soldiers, walking around a weird hangar uh, where he's fighting CGI monsters with Azrael. You mean so, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right? That, that's Todd Farmer. Yeah, he, he looks like Stone Cold. But suddenly Jason shows up and kills some of the aliens and then kills Dallas and Azrael. And we find out they are playing a VR game, which they shut off and then find themselves facing the real life Jason. <laughs> I love how Azrael dies here. He jumps on Jason like a fucking howler monkey. And Jason just picks him up and breaks him over his knee like fucking Bane with Batman. <laughs> He's just like crack dead. And then the death for Dallas is actually pretty fucking brutal. He grabs Dallas by the face and just keeps bashing his face into the wall until he just falls over dead. 
Like that's okay. That wasn't that funny. That was very like disturbing. Yeah. That's kind of tough to watch. Yeah, there, there's another one. There's a neck snap later that's pretty brutal. Yeah. It's like, fuck. But uh, back to Brodsky getting ready to go after Jason while Lowe tries to convince him to bring Jason in alive. Brodsky doesn't want to hear it, and Lowe offers him $500,000 if he can bring him in alive. Brodsky agrees, only to basically say fuck it as soon as he goes in the next room and tell the soldiers to make it look like they tried to bring him in alive by putting a few rounds in his leg after they blow him all to hell. So the, the soldiers begin searching the ship. Now, they find Dallas and Azriel along with a blood trail. And this, there's another line here I fucking hate. So Briggs, one of the badass Lady Marines, uh, scares Kicker. And she's like, dude, you scream like a girl. And he goes, screw you. And she goes, oh, you wish. I'm like, oh, it's so bad. It's so badly delivered. The, the writing was pretty juvenile in this movie, most part. <sighs> It was awful. But uh, we cut over to Crutch in his quarters. He's the engineer. Now, there's a line here that makes me laugh every time where he thinks someone is messing with him because he hears someone walking around in his quarters, looks around, doesn't see anyone. And he's calling out thinking that it's Lou, the pilot. He goes, Lou, if you mess with an engineer, you're going to wake up with a waste hose in your bunk. (laughs) And the reason that makes me laugh is because I'm like, I kind of always wake up with a waste hose in my bunk. I always have to pee when I wake up. So in a way, that's (laughs) kind of a waste hose. But it's just, that's funny. And so Jason pops up behind Crutch, but Brodsky and the others show up just in time, telling him to hit the deck, and they shoot the fuck out of Jason. But Jason disappears. Where did he go? Like, <laughs> did you guys notice that they shoot the fuck out of him and run over to see where he fell, and he's just gone? He teleported. He teleported. He's Magic Jason. <laughs> exactly. He's just fucking gone. So... Jason picks off all the soldiers one by one as they search the ship. We get the Sven neck break, which is fucking brutal as hell, where he just drags him off into the corner and slowly breaks his neck. It's the first time I've ever seen a slow neck break. Um, (laughs) Then we get uh, Condor gets knocked off of a, of a like high rise, like a little catwalk and falls onto a giant screw, which, you know, later, so they can just give the line of he's screwed. He's screwed. (laughs) <laughs> but it's it's such a good kill. Like he, Jason just watches him as he slowly spins down, and then we get uh, Gecko who gets her throat slit and comes walking out of the shadows. Almost gets shot by Kicker. Sees her dying. Like you know, reaches down seeing if he can help her, and then Jason pops up behind him. He shoots the fuck out of Jason, and he Jason falls back onto a giant hook. Then. Uh, Kicker raises the hook and announces to the others that he got him and that everything's fine. You know, we're all going to be okay. And they're like, don't take your eyes off him. He's like, oh, he's not going anywhere. As Jason lifts himself off the hook and cuts Kicker in half, (laughs) which is fantastic. So uh, Brodsky and the others come running in. We find that uh, Briggs got killed off camera with the giant hook. So she just got stabbed with that. And then finally, Brodsky gets stabbed through the ribs. And I love it. He goes, going to take a lot more than a poke in the ribs to put down this old dog. So Jason stabs him again. (laughs) Yeah, that ought to do it. (laughs) I do like that scene. I think I laugh every time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That ought to do it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, in a way he was wrong because that that doesn't do it. Nope. So now all the soldiers are dead uh, and it's just the teacher, the students, the pilot and the engineer. So they approach the space station Solaris or Solaris, uh, but Jason kills the pilot as they're approaching, causing the ship to crash through the space station. So poor Lou gets completely chopped to bits. 
Um, but I love this because it, it comes in and it crashes through Space Manhattan. Space Manhattan, yeah! And they just take out thousands of fucking people. Like, yeah, I think this is the big, the largest like death kill of any of the movies. Like the body count is thousands of people. Right. <laughs> like he just blows up an entire space station. So, but it also damages their ship, uh, you know, as they go through. So everyone starts freaking out, trying to figure out what to do. Lowe tries to keep everyone calm, saying that they're in a high traffic lane and another ship is bound to come by and help them. Suddenly, Jason pounds on the door, causing everyone to scream and giving one of my favorite moments in the entire movie. Because everyone's panicking and yelling. And Lowe just goes, shut up! And they all just shut up. They're like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> the way they react to him yelling shut up is so fucking funny. But, uh, you know, it's it's like they completely forget about the unstoppable killing machine at the door just because their teacher yelled at them. Like, OK, that's funny. Um, so things get really quiet and suddenly Jason bursts through a window into the room. Everyone except Lowe run, run the fuck out of there. <laughs> Lowe tries to convince Jason how much money he's worth. He's like, you know, both of us can make a lot of money. You know, you, you don't need to just kill everybody. Jason sees his machete laying there and reaches past Lowe and picks up his machete. Lowe lets out a sigh of relief, telling the others, it's okay, guys. He just wanted his machete back. <laughs> I know. Bye -bye. I remember even if, even in the theater, I like groaned at that. I was like, "Oh my god!" Mm -hmm. Like, dude, you're so fucking dead. Well, it's like we we cut over to the others, and then we just hear Low scream as he gets killed off camera. So the rest of the group discuss what to do, and they decide to use the small shuttle that they used to land on Earth to escape the ship. So they split up to get things ready. I like how uh, they they find the uh, the corpse of one of the soldiers. And Rowan just picks up the big-ass future gun, and Ceneron's like, whoa, do you know how to use that thing? And she goes, yep, just like riding a bike. And then, of course, Janessa has to go, what's a bike? But seriously, how the fuck would she know how to use the future gun? Like, you know, <laughs> she, yeah, she, yeah, that makes it sense. Make any, you, it doesn't aim, make any you, sense. You aim, click, and shoot. Right, but it's like she was, she, I don't know, I, I feel like she would not know how to use... <laughs> this giant nerf looking space gun. So oh, he's weird. got a movie. Yeah, that's true. Uh, then we also get a little makeout session between KM and Ceneron because uh, KM's telling him that the survival rate is like 12%. And he's like, damn it, that's bullshit, KM. Can't we have better odds? And then she's like, well, statistically, no. And then they look at each other, they make out, and she's like, oh, the odds just went up to 53%. He goes, want to make it 100? It's like, what the fuck? So he fucks her. <laughs> Basically, because, yeah, he gives her an upgrade, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, does she taste like plastic? <laughs> you know, <laughs> probably does. <laughs> but uh, Rowan, Kinsa, and Janessa make their way towards the shuttle. And then Rowan sees a blood trail and what she thinks is someone alive. So she tells the others to head toward the shuttle and she goes to investigate and finds Brodsky. Uh, she tells him to wait there because she can't get him up by herself so he's still alive so she runs off to get help from the others we cut to crutch and waylander who make their way to the bridge to start the shuttle launch sequence and find the remains of lou and, and i love this because crutch takes lou's earpiece out and then tells waylander hey let me see your sweater for a minute <laughs> he hands it over and he just wipes the blood <laughs> on his sweater like fuck you kid <laughs> but i love because okay so waylander is talking about how gruesome this scene is and he's like ah, i've seen worse 
Because be thankful you weren't alive during the Microsoft conflict. We were beating each other to death with our own severed limbs. What? <laughs> Wait, yeah. what? You know, about the Microsoft era. Yeah, you know, was, when Microsoft took over the world. Yeah. I was gonna it was, say, did Linux try to fight for dominance or something? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh but we cut to uh, Rowan going to the others to tell them about Brodsky. So Waylander goes to help her. They get back to where Brodsky was and he's gone. Dun, dun, dun. Meanwhile, Jason kills Crutch. <laughs> I, I love this too because Crutch is in the in the uh, pilot seat and he just finishes setting up the fuel uh, fuel lines for the shuttle, and he sees Lowe's head and he goes, "Oh, Lowe, holy shit!" <laughs> As Jason, you know, is holding up Lowe's severed head. Um, so bye bye, Crutch. He's going dead. You know the, what? I one one thing I gotta say about this the. Uh the military guys' names. They sound like store, uh, clone trooper names. And right. I, and I believe Gecko was actually a stormtrooper, right? Wasn't there one called, or a clone trooper? Wasn't one called Gecko? It's not ringing a bell for me, but again, it's been a long time since I, I've watched the uh, Star Wars cartoons, so I could I could be completely wrong. But, uh, I mean, they do have some weird names. I know that. So the others hear Crutch getting killed over the comms, and they freak out. Kinsa panics and locks herself in the shuttle. Uh, Janessa and the others try to get Kinsa to open the door, but she refuses. Kinsa goes to launch the shuttle, but it's still attached by the fuel lines and immediately crashes into the ship, blowing the shuttle up and killing herself. Also damaging the ship in the process. Good so, for her. She's such a turd. <laughs> There's but, always got to be a dumb bitch who just doesn't think what she's doing. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, while the others are reeling from the crash, Jason pops up to kill him, and they're just like, ah, oh, shit. I love the reaction. They just all look like, well, this is it. <laughs> like, they just give in. But suddenly the now upgraded KM pops up behind him. She whoops the fuck out of him and knocks him into the med bay. She shoots off his right arm, left leg, and blows off half of his head. With Jason seemingly dead, uh, they, they get Brodsky and the others to the med bay uh, to get him fixed up. But just when we th- uh, we think they're safe, they realize the ship has been damaged enough that it's it's bleeding out, and they only got about 30 minutes before the ship implodes. So another ship, Tiamat, a little Dungeons and Dragons reference there, uh, hears their distress beacon and tells them that they can be there to help them in 45 minutes, but they don't have that much time. They tell them that if they can't get there in less than 30 minutes, then they shouldn't come because otherwise they'll explode and take out Tiamat with them. Uh, Rowan then notices that the damaged part of the ship is one of the pontoons on the side, and they discuss the possibility of basically pulling an event horizon and blowing up that section of the spaceship, disconnecting it from the rest. They tell Tiamat to keep coming, and hopefully they'll see them soon, and the group gets to work setting explosives. Meanwhile, the nanobots decide to fix up and upgrade Jason's corpse, because reasons. (laughs) I mean, why not? They were probably bored. The movie would be over by then. Yeah, they they have nanobot reasons. So the group finishes setting the charges, but suddenly Uber Jason (laughs) KM attempts to fight him, but her shots bounce off of him. She tries to fight him hand to hand and gets her head knocked off that. I'm sorry. When he knocks her head off, it's fucking hilarious looking because it just kind of bounces off the wall and rolls. (laughs) And so Jason totally could have gotten head from her for the rest of his life. Who, which one center on or or Jason? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
So Jason begins choking out uh, Rowan, and Waylander attacks him, making Jason beat him up instead. Uh, Rowan, Janessa, Ceneron, and KM's head (laughs) run into the next room of the ship, locking the door. Jason and Waylander are in the hall with the explosives. Waylander sacrifices himself and blows the charges. The pontoon is separated from the rest of the ship, and Jason is thrown out into space. Tiamat shows up to rescue them when suddenly Uber Jason punches a hole through the hull of the the ship, creating a vacuum. (laughs) That's so silly. Everyone (laughs) but Janessa gets out of the room. And as she's holding on to the grate, she's like, oh, this sucks on so many levels. And then is sucked out through the hole. Oh, that's the line. That's that's the corniest line in the movie right there. Oh, that's bad. It's it's awful. But yeah, she gets uh, she gets shredded the way the baby alien and alien resurrection gets shredded. So only less impressive. So yeah, Jason, that was a much better scene through the little the little tiny hole in the hole. Yep, and it gets like eviscerated. Like, ugh, it's just the, the little little piece of skin pulls out, and then all of its guts come out. But uh, Jason punches his way back onto the ship, while the rest of the survivors try to make their way to Tiamat. Tiamat connects to the ship, but they can't get the doors open. So Brodsky has to do a spacewalk to try uh, to try and get the doors open from the outside. But of course, Jason is still coming for him. Ceneron realizes that they need to buy some time, so they try to confuse Jason with a holodeck. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> we get Holodeck Crystal Lake, my favorite part of the entire fucking movie. You guys want to smoke weed? Have premarital sex? We love premarital sex. <laughs> They see, Jason's walking around looking all confused and uh, Ceneron's like, oh, I think he bought it. And then he just snaps to and looks right at Ceneron. He goes, uh-oh. And Rowan goes, goes, uh-oh, what? And he goes, nothing, nothing. She goes, no, you don't just say, uh-oh. Yeah, she's like, you, no, no, you don't, uh-oh, nothing. No, <laughs> that's not. <laughs> and then he's like, I think he saw me. And she's like, crap. And then he t- talks to, uh, to KM and he was he says something about accessing the files of Earth, uh, you know, 1980. And she's like, hopefully this works. And then suddenly we get two campers and the one girl is holding up a beer going, hey, you want some beer or do you want to smoke some pot? And then the premarital sex line that, that Susie said, and they whip out their titties. So this is the, the one dem titty shot we get other than the robot titties. Which why, doesn't really count. Right. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't they use characters that kind of resemble the 1980 characters? Well, the maybe they didn't know. True. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was it was funny as fuck though. I mean, if you're if you're gonna go back to eighty, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying if you're gonna go back to eighty, <laughs> they could use characters for them. Yeah, they were they were just using the uh, the eighty shorts. You know, they had them <laughs> the the high shorts. But okay. uh, <laughs> this is is my absolute favorite death in the entire franchise because as everyone knows, <laughs> yes. I discussed I discussed this on part seven. The sleeping bag kill is my favorite kill up to this because he one ups it. He does the sleeping bag kill instead of just beating the person in the sleeping bag against the tree. He beats one of the girls with the other girl in a sleeping bag and then beats her against a tree. Fucking genius. (laughs) I fucking love it. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. The scene for part seven up to this point is the absolute best. And then, yeah, this one is just not only is it an awesome death scene, it's fucking hilarious. It's it, oh, it's so fun, especially because every hit you hear, oh, ow, oh, like you, he just keeps pummeling these girls. <laughs> 
And it's oh, kind of a cool man. throwback. If you know behind the scenes stuff from part seven, then mm-hmm. you know that they originally wanted to have Jason smash the lady in the sleeping bag against the tree like several times. And he did yep. he did it. Kane Hodder did it a bunch of times. And then eventually it was just like, I only got one left in me. And it was like the best scene. And it was so perfect because it was so to the point. Just bam, that's all he needs. He doesn't need to beat her over and over again. So like yep. if you know that trivia and you watch this, it's amazing because he's just beating her over and over again. And it's like, well fuck this worked the first time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. And I do have to say that the the singular hit in part seven is perfect. I'm glad that they went with the singular hit because he whacks her against a tree and then she just falls over like, blah, like she's just broken. <laughs> it's fantastic. So after he finishes off the campers, you know, they're freaking out. They're like, oh, he's done with the campers and he's coming straight for him. Brodsky gets the doors open and the ship begins to explode even more. Senaron, Rowan, and KM get aboard Tiamat, but Brodsky locks the doors before Jason can follow. Tiamat disengages from the ship as it begins to explode. We see Uber Jason flying right at Tiamat, but Brodsky grabs him right as he's about to grab Tiamat and sends him flying away. So now Brodsky body surfs Jason down to Earth 2 as they burn up in the atmosphere. (laughs) Cut to the surface where we see two campers watching what they think is a shooting star that lands in a nearby lake. And they're like, oh, let's go check it out. (laughs) don't forget to make a wish (laughs) (laughs) and we see uber jason's mask float to the bottom of the lake with the iconic music playing credits the end the end (laughs) i cannot say enough good about this fucking movie it is so damn funny i know we kind of sped through it but we had a lot of technical difficulties patreons you'll hear a lot of that but uh so we're because we have a time crunch and we had like four or five mishaps in this episode so we we definitely kind of sped through here um but uh there there's a shit ton of trivia i'm just gonna mention a few of them one that i found very interesting is jason Voorhees never blinks his eyes anytime they show them so his eyes are always open which i went back and checked every time they do a close-up on kane's eyes he never blinks it's like it just it's it makes it extra creepy um, the originally Betsy Palmer was supposed to have a cameo in this, but apparently they couldn't come to an agreement. Uh, I don't think they wanted to pay her very much. And she was like, fuck you, pay me. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the only reason she did the movies that she did do, including the first one was that she was just trying to like pay some bills, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it would have been cool to see her in the eighties, the like camp, you know, VR, but oh, well. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's what they, they had planned was that they were going to to use his mom to distract him. But, that, you know, I think it's I think it's better. I think what we got is better. But uh, this this film was a financial failure, uh, critical and financial failure uh, in theaters. But since, you know, DVD release, it has made back quite a lot more. So making it one of the most successful Friday the 13th films. Um, also, the reason that this is called Jason X, much like uh, Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday, is that New Line could not call any of their films Friday the 13th as they owned the rights to do a Jason movie or Friday the 13th movie, but they didn't own the rights to the name Friday the 13th. Paramount still owned the, the trademark uh, of that of that title, so they couldn't use it. Huh. But uh, I do I do like like Josh said at the start, I do like the fact that they called it Jason X. I, I would prefer that, honestly. Um, it's better than Jason, better than Jason 2000. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Jason that goes to space. And that's the thing. Everything was 2000 back then. It was like like when a video game Dracula came out. Dracula 2000. Yep. It was like when a video game came out on the N64 and they had to add 64 to the title. It's like Donkey Kong 64. Has there really been 64 of them? No, there's been like four. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, oh god, yeah, Jason 2000 or like Friday the 13th 2000 or Friday the 13th part X 2000 and uh, who knows? It would have been fucking terrible whatever. So no, Jason X is perfect because I feel like Jason X is what the fans would have called the movie anyway. Just like we say Friday 6 or part 7 or you know whatever. Like we, you do a shorthand cuz you don't want to have to say Friday the 13th part 6 Jason lives every single time, you know. So you just call it Jason lives or Friday 6 and yeah, I think just making the shorthand the title makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Um, this actually, this goes back to what we were, we were talking about with the kills on, uh, Space Manhattan. Um, it says, although the movie is known to have roughly 28 kills, uh, Todd Farmer would confirm that the movie actually has over two, uh, 20,000 deaths due to Grendel, uh, crashing into Solaris. This included 19,727 people, 207 dogs, 17 cats, 4,713 angelfish, guppies, neons, and mollies, three gerbils, 14 rats, a pony, and a Komodo dragon. Hmm. <laughs> like, the fact that he had that much detail of the fucking fish and a Komodo dragon? That like, guy's I... like an rpg or He's got his fucking stat sheets all ready to go. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I first read that. I'm like, I, I, gotta, I gotta mention that one. Uh, and then uh, apparently some of the early drafts of this involved space truckers finding Jason because they were trying to make a nod to Alien. Um, and then, you know, Jason kills the space truckers and they end up getting, you know, hooking up with a bigger ship where he would chase them around. And, you know, the rest of the movie would play out the way it's supposed to play out. But um, there was also another idea where they said that they were going to have a zero gravity party sequence where Jason was going to be floating around chopping people up in zero gravity, which probably would have happened. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. If, if even though this was one of the highest budgets for a Friday the 13th movie, it was still a pretty low budget in the grand scheme of things. And they were saying that there was a lot of scenes that they wanted to do that would have been special effects heavy that they had to cut um, due to the budget cost. And that, that unfortunately was one of them. Uh, I would have really loved to see that though. It would have been like uh, kind of like the rave sequence in Freddy versus Jason, where it's just, he's just slaughtering a bunch of fucking kids at a rave. I would have loved to see him floating through a zero gravity party, chopping people up. That would have been awesome. But uh, there were also several creatures on display in the uh, in, in Grendel. Um, these include the uh, monster from Fiend Without a Face in 1958, the Venetian from Cold Hands, uh, Cold Hands Warm Heart in 1964, and the Zanti Misfit monster from the Zanti Misfits of 1963. So there was a, those little aliens that we see. Those are all references to old horror movies. But nice. uh, Oh, that's a lot cool. of a lot of cool stuff. And uh, last but not least, I, I thought this was kind of funny. Is that uh, Cronenberg? Once he came on board, he quickly noticed problems with the script and began rewriting most of the characters' lines. Okay, oh, wait. Did, 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 did. <laughs> 
Well, that's the thing. I don't know if Cronenberg or Farmer is responsible for the bad lines. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Like, did he rewrite all the dialogue and add in all the really cheesy lines? Or did he actually add in some details for, like, the lore and the history and made the shit actually make sense? <laughs> he he may have actually been responsible for the bad lines. I, I, I love Cronenberg, but uh, I've seen Rabid. There's not some great lines <laughs> in that movie. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, Lord, but... yeah. I was I was gonna say too. Like you can tell the low budget just from the the wardrobe. Right, you mentioned earlier in the movie how terrible the wardrobe is, and yeah, you can tell that this was like a goodwill raid. <laughs> yeah, they oh, they were oh, running yeah. they were running out of money. It reminds me of like early Kevin Smith movies when he would just tell people to like you know just wear your own clothes. And some man, some of those actors, uh, like including Ben Affleck and oh, his name is escaping me, but you know Dante, uh, the sh- Shit that oh. they wore to the set was just hideous. Oh yeah, Dante with his his jeans tucked into his boots. <laughs> yeah, and some of those like giant ugly sweaters. It's like God, you know, like they, they couldn't if you couldn't find something decent, like go to a, like a dollar store. Like they got cheap ass shit like Walmart. You could have found something. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like like you guys mentioned, this this has the the look of a Canadian sci fi show, like especially with the CGI. And I mean, yeah, the. It, the budget definitely shows here because while CGI was it doesn't really hold up from the early 2000s, there are plenty of movies where it still does hold up. Like obviously the Lord of the Rings franchise, which again was New Line, CGI in those movies still does hold up. Um, and there there's several other like Resident Evil, the CGI that's in Resident Evil, it still looks good. Like not all of it, not the not the liquor. The liquor looks bad, but the you know like the uh, the grid scene. You know, there's a lot of cool scenes like that in, in Resident Evil that, like, yeah, that still looks good. Um, but unfortunately... I mean, let's not forget about The Matrix, you know, like The Matrix right. came yeah. out around the same time and had a great special effects that hold up. Well, let, let, now, to be fair, the first Matrix was a lot of wire foo. The second Matrix, where they do, like, the uh, Agent Smith all-CGI fight, that looks like a fucking PlayStation 2-era video game. <laughs> it looks like is it Blade Two that has a scene like that where he's like jumping all around and it just looks so terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Blade Two. It's the it's where um oh god, what are the I forget the monster's name, but the the weird new vampires. He's fighting mm. them and he's like jumping off the walls and then they would zoom in really close and you would see like Wesley Snipes like using his 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 blade you know, swinging it around really close. And then we'd pan out and see like CGI Wesley bouncing around. And it's like, uh, that doesn't look good. <laughs> so, <Nope. laughs> that, you know, as much as I love uh, Guillermo del Toro, that was one, my one criticism of him in his early films as he would do the real tight action sequences where we'd close in like super fat, like super close where we couldn't really see what the hell was happening. He did the same thing in Hellboy when Hellboy is fighting, uh, was it Sam Hain? Like, it, there's a whole sequence where it's really hard to tell what the fuck is happening. Does anyone have any uh, final things that they want to talk about with this film before we wrap it up? Nope, watch it. Nope. Yeah, like I said at the beginning, I don't think I can really honestly say anything else about it other than I fucking love this movie. It's not my favorite in the series. I don't even think it's in, you know, maybe my top three. But it's definitely one that I watch all the time. When I do my annual rewatch of the whole Friday the 13th series, there are some movies that I'm just 
kind of trying to get through, but this is the one that I look forward to that helps me keep going when I get to like the slog in some of the earlier movies. And I won't name which ones they are because the ones I don't like are probably someone else's favorite. Um, <laughs> but like get, getting to Jason X is like the, you know, it's the dessert at the end of the meal. You know, I, I, right. I look I look forward to, to getting through all the rest of the series so I can watch this one. Yeah, I fucking love it. Um, you know, and I'll throw the piece of trivia out too. You mentioned you know, Tiamat. Uh, I think it's interesting that Grendel is the name of the ship mm-hmm. and, you know, there's the, the ancient story of you know, Beowulf who has to fight, you know, Grendel and Grendel's mom, which is kind of like a funny, you know, nod to uh, to Jason Voorhees and his mom. But then, you know, Tiamat is also like an ancient uh primordial creature it's like a babylonian sea god or, or something is it's you know not well defined but i just thought it was a, a fun little nod especially somebody like farmer who has a, a gaming background you know to throw mythological creatures in and yeah it's just kind of a kind of a neat little thing oh absolutely i and that's the thing like for me like while i know that there is lore about tiamat i i'm 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 gonna guess knowing farmer as a as a big gamer um i'm gonna guess his his version of tiamat is probably the dungeons and dragons tiamat the uh the giant hydra that is in a lot of dungeons and dragons fiction um but yeah i mean it is obviously based on the ancient monster so but um but yeah no i totally agree this is one of my favorite uh friday the 13th i am glad that we finally got to it we only have one more technically one more friday the 13th special not saying that we can't do more stuff there is more stuff that we could do but we only have one more planned as of right now um so yeah this is uh this is interesting to almost get an entire franchise under our belts it's only taken four freaking years um well this granted this is a long franchise i mean good luck hellraiser (laughs) yeah we haven't even Oh God, we've only done one Hellraiser. No, yeah, we've only done one Hellraiser. Shit. No, we've done two. <laughs> did we? We did the Good Value Hellraiser that everyone hates, mm-hmm. and Bloodline. Yeah, that's right. We one. did Bloodline. I forgot about Bloodline. It was my In space. Pick. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I was because I was space like Manhattan one. <laughs> I th- yeah. I, th- I thought we did it, but then I was like, I started second guessing. I'm actually getting to the point now where we've done so many episodes because with all of our specials and stuff, I think we're like at 240 something at this point. Um. But we've done so many episodes, I'm starting to forget what, what episodes we've covered. <laughs> so I have to keep reminding myself and going back. It's also, you know, getting old. Getting old's a bitch. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so let's let's get into our social media here. So if you guys aren't following us uh, on Facebook or Instagram, we are The Boogeyman's Closet on both. Uh, we no longer have a Twitter, because uh, fuck that platform. Um, so uh, if you guys are looking for us there, we don't talk about Twitter anymore. Just like, so it's yes. kind of... Yeah. Oh, we don't talk about X. No, it is gone. X is gone. But uh, we are also part of the Rad Pantheon Network. Uh, if you want to check us out and other podcasts like it, go over to radpantheon.com and Rad Pantheon on all the socials. As Josh is the Professor X of our Rad Pantheon, I'm going to toss it over to you for any uh, any plugs you want to give. There's a lot of yeah. X's going on today. <laughs> and Dave. X go and give it to you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's what always goes through my head. Yep. Uh, but yeah, you said it, Mike. You know, check out redpantheon.com for all the other awesome projects, the musicians and podcasts and artists. Uh, and you know, two of the projects uh, that I have on there are Comics Boost. You can visit me on Instagram. Only Instagram now because fuck X. Uh, but yeah, I like to share 
crowdfund projects for independent comic book artists and creators. So check me out, Comics Boost, to spell that with an X on Instagram. And if you like this podcast, check out our other podcast, uh, Raised by Rentals, where we invent, look at vhs properties uh you know old movies from the 80s and 90s and as you pointed out mike it's sort of like improv fanfic and as soon as i <laughs> thought of it in those terms i'm like damn it really is kind of like fan fiction but yeah you know we just we do improv storytelling and come up with uh you know weird sequels and takeoffs to see how we can improv improve old movies from the vhs era so check it out Definitely. And there might be uh, there might be some Jason coming up. I'm not going to not going to say too much here, but uh, just uh, if, if you like this and, and want more Jason, go check out uh, Race My Rentals. I mean, um, it, it is spoopy season. Jason is the character that has appeared in the most episodes of Race My Rentals. And I have a Jason tattoo. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. These are just hints. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, so for anyone that wants to check out our uh, next movie before we cover it, it will be episode 199, Creepshow 2. So check that out if you are so inclined. And uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap this up here. So as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. I'm going to give it to you. You're going <laughs> to give it to you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at The Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned.